0: In 1999, I started my studies at Concordia University St. Paul at the Oswald Hoffman School of Christian Outreach to become a director of Christian Outreach. One of the things that happened in my time at school that I didn't realize was so interesting and exciting is that um, Dr. Oswald Hoffman used to come and visit our classes. And he would preach, and he would um, walk down the stairs into the basement of our dining hall and sit with the outreach students and share stories with us over um, terrible cafeteria food. People who are listening probably know that he served here for more than 30 years as speaker of the Lutheran Hour and had such an impact on um, this organization and the world through that ministry. And still today, one of the most vivid memories I have of my time in college is Ozzie sitting in the basement with us, sharing with us his love of people, telling us about the people he's met along the way, his willingness to just be in the moment with us, but most of all, his laugh would fill up a room and it would shake his whole body as he would tell us stories and um, just share moments of joy with us. I was unaware of the worldwide impact of this organization at that time, but now I sit in a different chair and in a different role as a teammate of the speaker of the Lutheran Hour. Just recently, we welcomed a new speaker, who has already begun to inspire us here. This is why I'm so excited for this opportunity to speak with the Reverend Dr. Michael Ziegler, the new speaker of the Lutheran Hour. Inspiring you to be the hands.
1: Empowering you to be the feet.
0: Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legutte, and this is Action in Ministry. We're excited to welcome to the studio today, Reverend Dr. Michael Ziegler. He just joined us as our new speaker of the Lutheran Hour at the end of October, and we've been looking forward to this opportunity to sit down with him and talk outreach. Dr. Ziegler, so good to have you with us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Rachel. And please call me Mike. Okay,
0: <laughs> thank you. Well, as I have begun to listen to you tell stories and, and learn more about you, um, I knew I wanted to hear more about your heart for others and reaching people with the gospel. It seems so genuine um, and just such a deep part of who you are. So today we're anxious to hear how you ministered through outreach at your local church level as a pastor, but also your vision for outreach here at LHM on a global level. So maybe we can start out by talking a little bit about how you even got into ministry in the first place.
1: It had been something that had been on my heart for many years, and through a series of influences of a variety of people, I ended up at seminary, and I did my vicarage at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in a suburb of Raleigh, North Carolina, and got to work with Pastor Bill Beyer there. And uh, he was a, an inspiration to me. He planted the church that I served at eight years before I got there. He would go out into the into the town and and meet people and learned everybody's names and called them by name. And when I got there, the church was eight years old and had a thriving early childhood center. And I would watch him stand at his office door every morning and greet every child coming in and greet their parents and he knew all of their names and so he was um, he was probably the one of the most inspirational people when it came to outreach for me
0: I think as I as I've listened to you tell stories you've shared things that have happened um, in your time in ministry and one of the things that I've caught on to is that you always refer to people um, in your stories by their name and um, there's something that seems to to me, that that gets to the heart of like what you believe outreach is about, like getting to know the people that you're that you're actually ministering in and amongst. And I wonder, um, in a time where the word outreach gets thrown around a lot, and um, everyone's talking about doing outreach, and um, sometimes I think we get lost in the word. What's what's your like? What's your understanding? How do you think about outreach?
1: Well, like you said, it comes back to the name, uh, calling someone by their name. Uh, I learned that from Pastor Bill Byer and. It to me it communicates in a simple way that I value you if you call someone by their name and that's what that's what outreach is is that we believe that God infinitely values every human being that we come in contact with uh, so much that he would he would send up his send his son and give up his life for them uh, and so I think that's the heart of outreach. And when it comes to what what is outreach, I look at Galatians chapter six, verse ten as a key verse. Paul says, As much as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, to all people, and also especially to those in the household of faith. So I kind of see him saying, Church, do you do two things at once? You as much as you have opportunity, you do good to everyone, and also the household of faith. And so the the church simultaneously has this outward and inward look always. And, and outreach is that outward look. It's just simply doing good for people. It, evangelism is a more specific form of outreach where we're actually proclaiming the good news of Jesus to an individual or to a group. But outreach is broader. It's, it's simply doing good to people.
0: So you finished your vicarage and you became a pastor. They let you through. Yep. <laughs> and uh, how long did you serve in at a local parish level?
1: I served for two years as an assistant pastor at, at Timothy Lutheran Church here in St. Louis with Ron Rall and Bill Wilson, the pastors there, and then Mark Thompson is the DCE there. I learned a lot from them about adapting to your neighborhood as your neighborhood changes, so also your outreach has to change. That That's part of the opportunities that God gives us. and they, I saw them partner with a, an organization called Christian Friends of New Americans, mm-hmm. and that uh, had a big influence on me as I... Stepped out on my own as the as sole pastor at Epiphany Lutheran for the last four years and continuing that partnership with Christian Friends of New Americans, uh, reaching out to a neighborhood that is has changed. It's not the same neighborhood it was when it was planted in 1941.
0: So you've had some years— um inside of congregations, working with um, the congregation, but also in the communities. What have been some of the more memorable moments of of outreach, of things that have happened that have just really stuck with you throughout the years?
1: Two memories stand out to me. The first, not not so much outreach, but seeing what the family of God can look like and then wanting that for everyone. I saw one of our members, her husband died, and um, we had a visitation for him. And I saw the people of the church gather around her all ages, uh, from small children to uh, elderly. And it was after all, the formal part of the visitation was done. We got together and we sang hymns hymns and and uh, talked told stories about her husband. And I watched the children there, and my children were included in this. And I couldn't think of anything more valuable, more enriching, more formative than this experience, that they got to see what it looks like to suffer the loss of a loved one, but then to see a church family gather around that person and sing songs of praise to Jesus. And I thought, everybody needs this, and I, I want everybody to have this. The The outreach side of that is the the work we'd been doing with our local public school, elementary school, and partnering with them and seeing that partnership flourish. We had been doing a a social ministry outreach thing, uh, an ice cream social for years, and and the numbers were getting smaller and smaller of those people who came. And those who came were were often just other Christians who just came to be polite to our outreach thing. But then we started inviting the families from the school and noticed that they, they would come in droves, and we had about 100 people show up. And seeing that group of people on our front lawn at the church from many nationalities, black, white, Latino, Asian, Middle Eastern, gave me a vision of what our church could look like in that neighborhood to be that family and and to give that experience that I saw at that visitation to all of these families. So
0: as you, as this kind of this vision for giving to other people what people are experiencing in this moment, um, have you seen the same kind of vision catch and people, either in your congregation or your community, of of also wanting to like maybe they catch the outreach bug, right? Like they mm-hmm. they also too want to give it to someone else. And I wonder if you've seen that happen.
1: I have. What's fascinating is that many of the people in my neighborhood are they're they're doing well. They don't have a lot of perceived physical needs, but I they I'm noticing that though they don't they're not looking for a church, they are looking for deeper, maybe like psychological needs. They want to serve. They want to, they want to help people. And that's something they're, they're missing noticeably. And so when we do things for people in our neighborhood who are of a lower income status, we invite them, even though they're not Christians, we invite them to serve alongside us. And I see them catch the outreach bug in that sense. They don't, they don't know what they're doing, but they know that this is what, Maybe they were made to do, and they are getting to experience the sacrificial love of Jesus as givers, even before they know who this Jesus is. And then I've seen other people who who want to be a part of our church because of the way we had been serving in our neighborhood.
0: I wonder if there is if you've noticed a pattern in the lives of the people who um, who want to be more involved in outreach. Do you see any patterns that develop in their daily
1: lives? I see two. Th- Two sides of it. One, there's, there's a lot of joy, a lot of energy. Um, I compare it to, um, like an Alaskan Husky is kind of bred to run. And, and just, you see, you see, if you've seen a dog just kind of his legs shaking, he's got to run, he's got to do something. And that's what I see in the, in a Christian who's been taken by this message of Jesus. And they just, they just have this urge to get out and run and do something. And then kind of the dark side of it I've seen as a pastor is burnout and discouragement when things don't work out as planned or people don't show up or people don't care. And just kind of that's the the real part of of living the Christian life is this, the disappointment and the burnout, but also the energy and and joy of of what God has called us to do.
0: Well, let's talk about that for a second. Things don't always go as planned, especially in the world of outreach, you might plan an event for your community and it just has two people who show up or you might be really passionate about serving a certain segment of the community, but you don't have a lot of people running with you yet. And so it can be discouraging at times and it can be frustrating and you can face burnout. Like what advice would you give to people who are maybe feeling that right now?
1: One part would be going back to the the name, the, the significance of a name that uh, even if one person does show up, remembering that that person is infinitely valued by their creator. And um, if it, it's nice to report big numbers. And a lot of times we are pressured by numbers to stress about that. But, but I think so that's part of it is to re- remember that if it's just for one, that's enough. And then I think the other side of it is remembering that God doesn't need me <laughs> and God doesn't need you. I, well, I think of Martin Luther's um, statements that he, he made in the the freedom of the Christian. So the Christian is simultaneously the Lord and the master of all, subject to none, but also a slave to all and servant of all. And so on the one hand, I need to look at life and see that everything—God is doing all this for me, for my good, to turn me away from my pride and sin, to turn me back to his love. So everything is— is to shape me into the image of Jesus. And then at the same time, I need to look at all my efforts and see that God is using me and all his efforts to this one person. And I think that's just a healthy tension to keep in the Christian life as we deal with success and failure.
0: Okay. So you've moved from the local church into a new role here at Lutheran Hour as the speaker of the Lutheran Hour. And there's this global ministry in front of you the airwaves that are reaching to um, ears uh, whose eyes you can't see um, and can't even fathom maybe the far reaches of this ministry. Has your thinking on outreach had to shift at all, or does it still really stay kind of at the same core?
1: It has had to shift, and I'm still struggling with it. I, To be honest, I struggled with accepting this call I had been immersed in the life of a local church. I was and am still convinced that this is where God wants to do his best work in the local church. And so I asked that question in the interview process, why does the local church need a Lutheran Hour Ministries? And the answers I got made me stop and think that the the local church is where where it's at, where God wants to do his work in in sharing the body and blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper in celebrating baptisms and that life together. But the local church, we, we get in ruts. We get, we struggle with our failures and our disappointments to have partners in ministry like Lutheran Hour Ministries and others who can help us get out of our ruts to help us look down the line and see how the culture is changing. Maybe to introduce some best practices, kind of like how you're doing on this podcast Those are great services to the local church, and I'm excited to be a a voice in that choir here at Lutheran Arm Ministries.
0: Well, since you have an opportunity to speak to our audience here at Action and Ministry, what wisdom do you have to pass along to people who are learning about what it means to put their faith into action to be active in the ministry that God has placed them in the midst of. What have you learned about letting God work through you, and and how would you share that with others?
1: That insight from Martin Luther would be the one thing I would hope people can take. It's it's a difficult way to live, but to at the simultaneously see that God is shaping the whole world for my sake, and not in a selfish way, but. A, and he is causing all things to serve me and my salvation, to to turn me from my sin, to turn me to new life in Christ, and to live life in that simplicity. And at the same time, to realize that I am a part of God's work to do that for every individual that I come in contact with, that I am, I am one person of the many people that God has put in that person's life to shape the whole world for them and their salvation. And that's, that's this tension that we live in. Uh, but to embrace that is, is a a great joy.
0: Well, I have to say, Mike, that we're super excited to have you, um, not just, um, as the speaker of the Lutheran Hour, but here in our offices as well. And, um, in and amongst the team here, um, your heart for people is a joy to to have in our midst. Um, So we're so excited to glean wisdom from you as we seek to share Christ with our neighbors across the street and all around the world. Thanks for taking a few moments to stop in the studio today, Um, and we're excited about what God will continue to do in your time here as Speaker of the Lutheran Hour. It was so great to talk to you today.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Rachel.
0: Yeah. Just before Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection, he commissioned his disciples with these words in Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Dr. Ziegler served faithfully as a local church pastor, reaching the community with the gospel. Now his mission field truly reaches to the ends of the earth through this media ministry we call the Lutheran Hour. Just as Jesus called ordinary men to be his first disciples, so he called Michael and calls you too. Thanks for joining us for Action in Ministry. I'm Rachel Legutte. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website LHM.org forward slash action and send us an email.